This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Toys, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. BK, it is 314 day and it is, a, what a sports town we are. You know, I was thinking about this going in. I didn't want to do a poll on Twitter because that's always turns ugly. People are like, <laughs> how could you leave off blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, or uh, no, this is a way better moment than this one. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, they're all amazing. So yeah. I don't want to slight anybody, but I came up with four options. So if I wanted to do a Twitter poll, which allows you four options, I think these are four really good ones. So mm-hmm. let me know if you, if you like these greatest sports moments that happen in St. Louis. Oh, okay. 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 Game six. Yeah. I couldn't pick freeze triple, freeze home run, Berkman hit. You know, like they all are wrapped into one. Yeah. Game six. Okay. Everyone knows what that is. Mm-hmm. That's one option. This is in alphabetical order. Second one would be go crazy, folks. Mm-hmm. That has to be in there, I think. Yeah, I do too. Best sports moments that happen in St. Louis. The third option, alphabetical order, the maroon goal. Oh, yeah. Gotta be. Oh, yeah. It's Bigger than even Wickenheiser's goal. It's mm-hmm. it's bigger than any moment that I can think of that the Blues ever did in St. Louis. Maroon's goal. It yeah, set the Blues. That's hard to beat. Yeah. Like the Blues don't win the cup without it. No. Right? And four, Pearl's catch. Yes. Pearl's catch has got to be in there. That's got to be there. To win the NFC title mm-hmm. and to propel the Rams to what was the only Super Bowl title in St. Louis sports history yeah. and an incredible one. So there you go. I beyond that, I mean, you got Bob Gibson in Game One of the 1968 World Series, striking mm-hmm. out 17. I was there. Of course, wow. Of course, you have yeah. all the great. I'm mile- old town. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have all the great milestones. You know, we've had some great ones through the years mm-hmm. uh, from some of our great players, uh, both Cardinals, Blues, and mm-hmm. and beyond. But those would be my picks. Yeah, and I think you could add if you were looking as you know, how can you leave this one out? Mm-hmm. Huh? Game Seven of the '82 World Series. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big one. We hadn't won a series since 67. And those of us who were growing up through the 70s and put up with some, I wouldn't say horrible baseball, but not a whole lot of winning and postseason play was non existent for the Cardinals. That was huge. It's a huge one. And if I were to take something out of those four, like I'm talking about in a Twitter, that's why I didn't do the Twitter poll. Yeah. Because if I do that, then someone's going to say, who do I take out? Right? I mean, you can't take out game six. 
No. You, you, I guess you would say go crazy, folks, Homer, because they didn't win the World Series that year, and Ozzy was on the 82 team, so that would be like an okay trade. But then people would say, what are you, crazy? I mean, like, <laughs> how do you not have the go crazy, folks, Homer, on the top four? And the neat thing about that was, and I wasn't in St. Louis. I was living in Kansas City at the time, but I heard that people on it, you know, it happened during a rush hour, and people are bumper to bumper on 40 and you can see them in their cars, and they're honking. And so it wasn't just at the stadium, kind of. It was the whole city was out and about and celebrated in their own way. I remember celebrating in my home in Kansas City, you know, screaming. Yeah. And uh, so I was yeah, on that, my that way was home from one. soccer, I think. Oh yeah, or two, either to or from soccer practice. I just remember mm-hmm. I was in my mom's car in my soccer uniform. So yeah. in 1985, I was uh, 10. <laughs> <laughs> and <Okay>. uh, <laughs> well, hey. You know, I'm yeah. forty. I'm forty five. For those who don't know, uh, so anyway, it's just I, yeah. I love thinking about. And I, when I drive by the venues, and I know Bush Stadium too doesn't exist, but I always just think about. You know, man, some great things have happened mm-hmm. there. Great things have happened there. Mm-hmm. We have so many great venues yeah. that um, I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds. Of course, for the MLS stadium, but it is all about moments. Adam Wainwright said this in an interview that Kyle McClellan did with him and and Yadier Molina before the season last year. Mm-hmm. He said, it's all about moments. What are the moments? He said, you know, our moment is actually when I was in my rookie year, you know, yeah. the strikeout of Beltron is kind of like <laughs> the Yachty Wayno moment together, the moment. Yeah. Um, and he's like, isn't that funny that it is my rookie year, but it is, it's about moments and that's what you remember in your career. So we hope there are some great ones still mm-hmm. ahead for those two. Uh, we will talk about the Cardinals in just a bit. And, of course, we're going to discuss Mike Shannon a little bit. Mike Claiborne's coming up. There's a story in the Post-Dispatch today uh, written by Hall of Fame writer Rick Hummel about the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon, battling COVID uh, to the point where he was hospitalized and fighting for his life. And he is uh, he does talk about that in there. And so uh, I'll direct you to that. Also, our website will link you to that. And we'll, we'll talk about Mr. Shannon on the way. Just, you know, he's you talk about uh, an ambassador of St. Louis on 314 Day. There's mm-hmm. no appropriate, no more appropriate day to be dedicated to him. And I, I would if I could. Uh, yeah. I would make this his day because <laughs> he, is, he is the man. Yes. And uh, he's calling games down in spring training and you know, continuing to rest between games. And as he said in the story, gets stronger and stronger every day. Mm-hmm. So we can't wait until... April 1st and then April 8th uh, when we have the home opener so that we can hear Mike Shannon calling baseball games. We certainly wish him the best. Uh, he, his number, if he came back today, would be 314. <laughs> he is the man. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so just in a couple minutes here before we go to Claves Blues, I know we always do a Blues breakdown uh, on this program, BK, and uh, I'm going to have Guy, the Hawaiian uh, oh, Blues fan, okay. as a guest at 11:45. Cool. So I'll, I'll save a little bit for him because mm-hmm. I love this guy. What do you hear him? He's a he's a veteran and uh, the biggest Blues fan in Hawaii, and he's going to get up early for us to join yeah, us at 11:45. I love uh-huh. this guy. He also has his own show, and he's a he's a star in the making. I tell you. But anyway, um, what did you think of last night? I mean, Vegas just took it to him, and the Blues uh, ran into Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, he made yeah. 34 saves. And I, as I mentioned earlier this morning, it, we shouldn't be surprised. It was a second game of back-to-backs and a home game, and the Blues are not good in either. Uh, they're just what are they? One six and two in their last several home games. They've lost five in a row, and they just seem to come out a little flat. And Braden Shen, who I thought did really nothing last night. Uh, he mentioned afterwards that, you know, we wanted to come out f- quickly and get on them, and we didn't. We came out flat. 
I thought they didn't look confident, and he said that. You could just tell that they just didn't. You know, when they this team needs to be confident and needs to play on its toes uh, and be pushing to get where they need to go, and they were not doing that. And then uh, I was just telling James O'Sullivan here a few minutes ago the, the answer to the question, what, how, what's the best way to kill a Blues power play? Take another penalty. <laughs> Because they haven't yeah. scored five on three in five years. That's something crazy. like that. Four and a half years. Yeah. And when you get a five on three in the third period down by two goals, you really have to convert at least one of those. And it was a, what, a 53 second five on three. Mm-hmm. And the power play's been better, but boy, it's got to come through in that key moment. And it didn't do it. So I don't know what it is about them playing at home, but they just are not playing well at home. Yeah, I don't know why either. Well, they're going back on the road to take on the Kings now. They just uh, back and forth they go on mm-hmm. on the airplane. So they got a game Monday against the Kings, Wednesday against the Kings. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to be an alarmist here by any means, but the Blues did drop the last two games of the road trip in overtime, then lost to Vegas in overtime, then lost to Vegas in regulation. So they have lost four in a row. And... They are basically a 500 team, and I, mm-hmm. I, I basically I gauge that when I talk about the standings. I always look at, and I know that we're you know into giving them points, and they should. They they receive points for having uh, tie uh, overtime losses, but they are 14, eight, and five. So to me, that's 14 and 13, and I'm sorry, 14, nine, and five. So they're a 500 team. Yeah. And, and you got what, what they are. And right now, because of the discrepancy in the games played, you really do have to look at winning percentage. You know, we, we the points is what the standings are based on, but the other teams have games in hand that that are going to catch up with you. So you got to you know keep an eye on that uh, winning percentage. Yeah, and are they going to get well? Yes, yes, they will get well. Uh, they'll do better and and start to get players back. But they are a minus four goal differential. It's just what they are. They were zero going into yesterday, perfectly even. Now they're minus four, and so when it, when you look at the teams in the West, Vegas is plus twenty seven, and they lead the Blues by four points in the division, but they're a plus 27. They're just yeah. a better hockey team. So you know, the Blues need to pick it up, get it going here, and we'll see when they start getting some players healthy how that uh, comes through. That's going to be key when they get Schwartz especially back. Absolutely. Uh, and we don't know when that's going to be. They have to hang in there, though. they got to stay they got to start winning some games, or by the time he comes back, it might be too late. Good hockey team. They are good. Uh, We'll see how they respond here coming up. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, Mike Claiborne will join us from Jupiter, Florida. BK, we appreciate it. Thank you. Cardinals broadcaster is with us next. OX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning. Jerry Palm, he is getting his bracket all figured out here, and he'll be joining us at 1030 from CBS Sports. Nobody better in the business than Jerry to break it down for us. Right now, as always, at 1015, we're a little late joining him, but we really appreciate it. That's on our end because we got a little chatty in the beginning, and that's Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster, is with us on KMOX from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. Good morning, Claibs. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Doing well. Jerry Palm's going to have that bracket, and uh, I sure miss one of the things I miss about being in Jupiter, Florida, is Rick Hummel's uh, uh, bracket that we get to fill out and have some fun with. Yeah, you know what? I was talking to the commission the other day about it, and unfortunately we won't be able to do it this year. Um, But it's something I look forward to. I've won that thing twice. (laughs) 
and um, been involved in the NIT one a couple of times. I think I finished second in that one. But uh, it's something that has been a tradition ever since I've been coming to spring training with him, and he goes around and collects everybody's contribution. And uh, then the, then the, uh, the trash talking starts. And I remember one year Mike Shannon was in the hunt, and he and so when you get to the championship, you know sometimes guys are just split the money that's there. So Mike decided he wanted to just I think it was Gritchick, and so he was trying to find Gritchick, and they were taking batting practice, and Gritchick was in center field shagging balls, and Mike just walked out in the middle of the batting practice and said, "Hey, you want to split split this pot?" <laughs> only only Mike Shannon can do that. I mean, seriously, right in the middle of batting practice, he just strolled out and just said, hey, you want to split this pot? And Gritchick just looked at him like, yeah, okay, yeah, we can do that. And he walked back off and went back upstairs. That's right. Well, that's what Mike can do. And by the way, who's going to stop him? Nobody. <laughs> Has it worked yet? That's right. He is the best. Uh, Rick Hummel with a terrific story today, a very powerful story about Mike um, and his battle with COVID. And you know, it's a very serious situation that I'm uh, I, I'm happy that Mike felt comfortable opening up to Kamish and uh, talking about a little bit, Klebs. Yeah, I agree with you, Tom. Um, you know, th- this this took place some time ago, and, and you know, he's still trying to recover from it. Um, you know, COVID strikes people in different ways, and he readily admits he was down for the count. He, he thought he was checking out. And, um, you know, each day he's trying to get better. But, you know, he's he still got a ways to go to get himself back to, to the Mike Shannon that we know. But uh, it was a good story by Rick. And, what you know, you would expect nothing less. And their relationship goes back 40-plus years. So, um, you know, we just hope Mike gets better. And I think he will. You know, as he said, he's trying to get stronger every day. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, and rest up and get ready for the next game. And he gets in there, puts on that headset and does games. Can you imagine 50 years in the broadcast booth? And then on top of that, all the years he spent as a Cardinal, as a player, and as someone that uh, worked for the team. And and as an ambassador to St. Louis, there's nobody better. That's for sure. I would agree um, in everything you just said. I mean, when you think about Doing anything for 50 years other than living is always an accomplishment. But when you think about how many people he's touched uh, via the radio and the other things that he's been involved in, and wherever he goes, you know, he, he's big on St. Louis and what it's all about. And, and you're right, he is one of the great ambassadors we have. He is the man, and he just keeps moving forward. We love it. Mike Claiborne's with us from Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals playing today. No broadcast today. They're in Port St. Lucie taking on the Mets. Carlos Martinez on the mound. Yesterday, it was learned that KK, Kwon Young Kim, has a stiff back. Daniel Ponce de Leon steps in and puts together three and two-thirds. Gives up just one run, Klaibs, uh, starting to make his move as he gets an opportunity to crack this rotation. Well, you, you're right. And, you know, all of these guys came down with the hope of being starters. I mean, with the exception of Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller, virtually everyone on the staff thinks they can start. And Daniel Ponce de Leon has been knocking at that door the last couple of years. You know, he's got swing and miss stuff. The big challenge for him is he's got to lower his pitch count. I mean, you know, he gets a lot of foul balls. A lot of guys try and square him up, and they can't. And, you know, he goes from from 0-2 to 2-2, and and then all of a sudden here come the foul balls. So once he's able to get guys to swing and miss or, you know, put it in the air or put it on the ground in fair territory, then he's going to be more effective. But 
he gave him a good effort last night. Um, the pitching was was pretty good. I, I think one one of the things I always remind people that when the games get longer, like when you get to the seventh inning, sixth inning, seventh inning, you're going to see a lot of guys that are going to be in the games that aren't going to be on the team when we leave here because they'll be in the minors or they'll be out of baseball or whatever the case may be. And that's when you see the run totals and the, the errors start to take place. But I think overall, the guys that we're going to see on a regular basis, you're starting to see some guys starting to make their move. Tommy Edmond, I think, has really had a very good spring. And there's some other guys that you really start to pay closer attention to in their contributions. Absolutely. Here's the lineup today. We can comment on some of these guys. Bader's leading off playing center field. Dylan Carlson's in right. Yachty batting third. He's going to go up to Port St. Lucie and catch Carlos today. Tyler O'Neill is in left field batting fourth. Matt Carpenter is going to play second base and bat fifth. Rondon's the shortstop six. Gorman, the third baseman, seventh. Mendoza at first base, batting eighth. And then Carlos gets the first shot at hitting for a pitcher, the first one to get to do that. Carlos Martinez will bat ninth for the Cardinals today. How about Tyler O'Neill? Guy's been wrecking the ball lately. He has. And, you know, one of the things he's done is shorten his swing. He has power to all fields. He had an opposite field home run the other night. Um, and that's something, if he can just, you know, they're going to throw him a lot of sliders. They're going to throw him a lot of pitches away. And instead of trying to pull that pitch or guess on it, just put the bat on the ball. I mean, hit it where it's pitched, and you'd be amazed at where it can go. And, and we're seeing the same thing with Harrison Bader, uh, not trying to pull every pitch, not trying to jerk it out of the ballpark. Just staying down on it, keeping your head down, and just driving the ball in the opposite field or up the power alley. And Bader has been very successful with that so far this spring. And and if he can keep that going, then maybe we'll see a little bit of a breakup as far as the order is concerned, where your outfielders won't be the uh, the seventh, eighth, and uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth batters. And the other name that you wanted to see get going in spring training is Matt Carpenter. We have not seen that yet, Klaibs, but he is handling second base okay. Just got to get that bat going. I know we've talked about him, seems like, every time we get together here on the air. Yeah. You know, he, he defensively, he's been okay. I, I just haven't seen anything offensively yet. Um, and there they're going to be a, a time where they're going to have to make a decision on where they go from here. Um, it, it's been tough to watch because we've seen Matt Carpenter a better player, but right now he, it just isn't there. And, you know, they're giving him every opportunity to get it going. But at some point you got to make a decision because if he's not going to be productive, then you're really short when it comes to left-handed hitting. You've got two switch hitters in Edmund and Dylan Carlson, and then there's Justin Williams. And that's it other than Matt Carpenter from the left side. And then finally, uh, Carlos Martinez will, as I mentioned, start today. But one of the pitchers on the list is Jordan Hicks. Gets to face the Looking Mets. Before, to that. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, he his bullpen uh, and his B game have been pretty good. Uh, I mean, th- from what they tell me. Now, we couldn't see it. But in just talking to a couple of people who saw it, and they just said his stuff was, was where it was when he got hurt. Um, so I think that for a guy who I think personally might be the most physically conditioned person on this team, uh, it only can get better. Now, I think the challenge is, well, okay, we know he's got the fastball. He's got to have that other pitch. You just keep guys off balance. I'm more anxious to see how those pitches work uh, to set up his fastball. Uh, so we, we hopefully he'll have that control and have the confidence to throw it. 
And hopefully he gets in the game when Yachty's still in the game. And I think that'll really prove to be something important. And I think that's one of the reasons why Yachty made the trip, because he's going to catch Carlos and because he hopefully will have a chance to catch Jordan Hicks for an inning. Jordan Hicks, only 24 years old, and gets back at it after his surgery and then opting out of the 2020 season. Well, looking forward to it. Again, no broadcast today, but we'll be keeping track of it. The Cardinals and the Mets at 12:10. And Clay's always great to chat with you for a little bit on sports on a Sunday morning. I enjoy these. Same here, Tom. And the reason why we're not there is because they don't have the facilities mm-hmm. uh, to accommodate the visiting broadcasters. So nobody's going to Port St. Lucie to do games this year. They just don't have the capacity to house a everyone in this social distancing era that we're in. Yeah, it's a little booth there for visiting radio, and it just doesn't fit everyone at a distance. I did see that communication, too, that they just weren't going to have road broadcasts. So we'll skip on to the next one. I mean, that's what we do here in 2021, right? Absolutely. I'm I'm almost getting used to it. You know, I thought about you and I the other day. We were here for the last game, and we did the game, and, uh, man, how much has changed since that last game you and I did? No kidding. Yeah, I, I actually, that video popped up on my phone uh, the other day, and I, I saw it of, of uh, us doing that sponsored Drury Hotels video hit before, and we were very, you know, measured with our information, but we were also just a little uncertain whether the game was actually going to start. I think I said something in there like, well, we're scheduled to start, and if we do, yeah. Adam Wainwright's <laughs> going to pitch today. It's just amazing <laughs> to think, isn't it? An eerie feeling for sure. Yep. Klaibs, have a good day. Appreciate it. You too, Tom. We'll talk later this week. Mike Claiborne from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida. We'll be back with Jerry Palm from CBS Sports. It is Selection Sunday. Let's hear what he thinks about the local teams. That's next. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. We're live at 1033, and we're joined by CBS Sports bracketologist Jerry Palm. Jerry is about as in demand as anybody today, so for him to join us three weeks in a row on KMOX Radio is absolutely awesome. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm fine. I'll talk to you anytime you want. I appreciate that. Uh, You're the bracketology expert at CBS Sports, so I'll get right to it. I know Billikens fans are hanging on every word. So right now I see if I go to your bracketology uh, site on CBS Sports that you have them as the first four out. Is there any chance that they can get into the field today? Well, I don't think it's likely. I think two bid stealers yesterday really hurt those chances with Georgetown and Oregon State winning their conference tournaments. Um, it's uh, I, I really don't see a lot of optimism for St. Louis. I mean, the you know the chance is that the committee likes them better than I think they will, <laughs> and that's you know that's really it for them right now. It's but I don't I don't I don't want to create false optimism. I don't really think there's much of a chance. No, I understand. I mean, at the same time, I think they should be in, but that's because they're a partner of ours, and I've followed every second <laughs> of them and know how good they are. It's just that they haven't had the opportunities to win the games that they need to, but I'm not arguing with you about it, of course. Well, they actually did have some. They just didn't have as many as they probably needed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Drake is also in your first four out. The Valley Darling for much of the year, undefeated for a good portion of the year, finishes at 25-4 and right now, sitting with a net of 45, two spots behind Slough. You also have them out, Jerry. Yeah, that's... um... 
I, uh, they're another victim of two bid stealers. By the way, there could be a third today because Cincinnati's playing for the American title and they're not getting in any other way. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, they just um, didn't finish the season as well as they needed to, took a couple of really bad losses. Uh, one of them at full strength, the one at Valparaiso, which is the worst of their bad losses. Um, it's just, unfortunately, they don't have the wins to make up for it. Their best win is Loyola, and it took three tries to get one. So um, I just, I don't see uh, Drake squeezing in either. You do have Loyola, of course, in the field. They automatically made it because they won Arch Madness. You have them as a 10 seed facing Missouri. The Tigers oh, as it's seven. Yeah. So how about that yeah. at Lucas Oil? Yeah, that would be uh, – <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that. I don't, I don't look at the matchups when I do the brackets unless I get some kind of an error, like teams that aren't allowed to play each other. Right, you're I just giving them numbers, them. yeah. Well, it, it's, um, you know, the S-curve is driving the bracket this year. So um, it's, you know, I'm just letting the S-curve drive it. And so the S-curve threw those two teams together, and that's uh, uh, that would be fun. Uh, Missouri's had an interesting year. Um, Loyal is a, a good team, probably not as good as their – Computer rankings, uh, but, you know, the, they've had a great year. Uh, they've an ex- ex- experienced team. Sorry, couldn't spit the word out. Um, but, uh, you know, and Mizzou has had a weird year. You know, they've got some great wins, some fantastic wins, and then just some really head-scratching losses. And, uh, you know, I look at Mizzou's resume, and I think, you know, this is a team that, that's good enough to beat teams to get them, you know, maybe to the Elite Eight or something like that. And they're also the kind of a team, when you look at their resume, that they could lose the first game. Yeah, you know, they tend to turn the ball over at times. They tend to take some ill-advised shots from the outside sometimes. And sometimes Jeremiah Tillman gets in foul trouble. But if those three things turn around, they are super dangerous. As you just mentioned, they've had some big, big wins. So look out for them. But they're in the field. Uh, and then Illinois, of course, you talk about dangerous. I, I don't, uh, I don't know that there's a better team in the country right now. Gonzaga, of course, is playing uh, out of their minds and they're undefeated. Yep. But Illinois, yeah. you have now as the number three overall seed, Jerry. Yeah, and I don't think that changes if Ohio State wins today. I think they're still number three overall. It's, uh, it's been a fantastic run by like Illinois. Before the season, I mean, I picked them for the Final Four, so I thought they were going to be pretty good, and they were, you know, one of the favorites in the Big Ten along with Iowa. So, but they, you know, they had some fits and starts there uh, early on in the season, but they've really put it together here the last oh month. Um, real, other than losing to Michigan State, <laughs> they've been fantastic, and uh, yeah, they have to be considered one of the favorites now. Uh, when you take a look at this bracket right now, what? Uh... What kind of jumps out at you, at least? Or let me ask this: What are you looking for today? What else? You mentioned Cincinnati, uh, the, perhaps offering a surprise there and stealing a bit away. What, what will you be watching for today as this starts to wrap down the marquee games? You've got the SEC title game, LSU, Alabama. You got Big Ten, Ohio State, Illinois. Yeah, well, and I don't think there's a lot of bracket impact in either of those games. Um, Alabama's had a, a terrific season. Uh, they've been the best t- team in the SEC all along. Uh, they've got some great wins, you know, in and out of the league. Uh, they'll be a pretty solid two seed, even if they lose today uh, to LSU, who's made a nice run through this conference tournament. Um, and it's, they are playing their way up the bracket a little bit and maybe could improve their seed another spot with a win over Alabama today. Um, but, uh, you know, for Illinois and Ohio State, I mean, this just looks like <laughs> this really feels like a day to, to crown the Illini, you know, as the best team in this league, 
which they have been for sure over the last month or so. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Ohio State's going to have their hands full today. Yeah, I don't know what really can stop Illinois right now, except a little bad luck. I mean, they are just tremendous. They are rolling right now. Best team in the best conference and taking on Ohio State at 2.30. How about a noon tip in the Atlantic 10 for VCU and St. Bonaventure? The Bonnies, yeah. the number one seed, Jerry, and SLU did beat St. Bonaventure this year, but then lost to them uh, uh, in the tournament. Right. I was going to say, they split two games, right? They didn't play home and home, right? right. They just uh, they played them home in the regular season and, and in the conference tournament. Yeah, and that conference tournament game was not good for St. Louis. Um, but Bonaventure has had a great year, um, and so has VCU, really. Uh, VCU has a win. Uh, they beat one of the better Mountain West teams. I want to say Utah State beat them pretty solidly at, at the beginning of the season. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think both of these teams are in now. I wasn't sure of that a month ago. Uh, but with the way things have shaken out, even with the stolen bids, I, I think the loser of this game uh, is going to be in. And uh, and it's one of those – I mean, sometimes the margin matters in these games, you know, because – um, if, if you really look bad, the, the committee might, you know, take a take another look at you, a deeper look at you. But in this game, it doesn't really matter because Sunday is bracket day for the committee. So they've done all the selecting and seeding by now. And they've got contingencies based on results, but they're not really margin-based. They're just results-based. And the, the, the process is largely results-based anyway. Uh, so, you know, the committee will have a bracket for whichever team wins and, and uh, throw out the other one. Uh, but uh, I think that in either case, both of these teams will be in that bracket. It is possible that the loser could be in the first four, um, which would only really be a result of the fact that we've had bid stealers bring the, the, some of the better uh, double-digit seeds down towards first four territory. Jerry Palm with us. Well, I hope that uh, for the Billikens' sake and for SLU fans everywhere, for everyone listening here, that somebody in that room told SLU's story and tried to go beyond well, the numbers here and, and try to find yeah, a way to sneak problem, him in. Though, the problem, though, is they're not the only ones who've had problems. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, and Xavier is in that part of the world, too. I, they're like the fifth team out in my bracket. But, you know, they, a lot of teams have had difficulties uh, due to COVID with both their roster and their schedules. And the committee can't really consider that as, as, an, as a consequence of whether a team should be picked. They can only judge you by what games you got and what you did with them. Well, we are going to have Travis Ford next. I already talked to Travis, uh, so he didn't get to hear this interview. His team just took the floor. They are practicing. They're going to see what they can do today, and and you'll hear what he has to say next. But Jerry Palm, I really appreciate it. I talked to Travis about an hour ago, so that interview is going to run here in just a few minutes. And I appreciate you joining us uh, for three weeks in a row. You are the man. Enjoy the tournament, and thank you for all you do. All right. Thanks, Tom. Nice talking to you. Great to talk to you always. Jerry Palm with us from CBS Sports. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning. The aforementioned Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens, is next. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday Morning continues. Tom Ackerman with you, and we are joined, and gosh, he's so good to join us on these Sunday mornings always, and that's SLU basketball coach Travis Ford. Uh, Good morning, Coach. I know you have a practice today, and you're hoping for some big news later today. Well, yeah, you know, we've, we'll find out today. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. But uh, we'll find out today where we play and, you know, whether it's the NCAA tournament 
or whether it's the NIT. And, you know, we, we need to be excited about whether, you know, just the opportunity to continue to play because there's so many teams out there that their seasons are over. Um, you know, we've needed some help the last couple of days in NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, uh, it looks like, and we haven't gotten quite the help we needed. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We think we've got an incredible case to get in. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, we'll just have to sit around and wait and see. That's right, and we certainly, you know, have followed you every step of the way. We know how good your team is, and at fourteen and six, it's a really good record. But also the net ranking, the, the the opportunities that you weren't able to get to, have to be part of the story. And so, when it's all said and done, maybe it doesn't come down to numbers. Maybe it becomes a discussion well, of of who you are. Well, if there's any year where things have been different for everybody across the world. It's this this past year, and that goes for college basketball as well. Uh, you know, you look at it as you know. We're sitting there seven and one, um, number ten in the in the net when the first one that it comes out, number ten, and you know we we get hit by COVID. It is probably as bad as any team in the country as far as the length that we were out and how many players they got it. Eleven out of fifteen players. And we come out, we lose our first two games after just four days of practice, after sitting out 23 days with no practice and 34 days in between games. So I think you've got to take – I just think it's common sense that you take into consideration that those two games we lost are the only two bad games that we lost. Um, you know, if they take that in consideration, then we're solidly in. If they decide for some reason not to take it in consideration, then we're probably on the outside looking in. Um but how do you not look at that? It's no different than a team having injuries. Every year they talk about, well, this team got in. I know they lost. We know they lost those two games, but their best player was out with an injury. Well, we had 11 more or less injuries or illnesses, ever what you want to call it. So we'll see. You know, um, you know. It, it, again, we just don't know exactly the parameters they're looking at. Sure. Uh, and, you know, common opponents, uh, things like that. I mean, people will watch LSU today in the SEC tournament title game, and you can, while you're watching that, keep in mind that Salou beat that team. So when you see LSU, and they'll give Alabama a game. They beat a red-hot Arkansas team yesterday. So you can just uh, draw your own conclusions from there, and the selection committee will make its call. And uh, either way, uh, as you said, you're going to accept. If the NIT comes your way, which is a field of 16 and a very good field, uh, you'll play in that, won't you, Coach? We will, and it's again, uh, it's it's going to be uh, an extremely tough field because they're taking the top sixteen teams that did not make it, which is unusual for the NIT. It's usually uh, several lower level conference teams that maybe didn't win their conference tournament that won their regular season are are mixed in to the NIT. This is going to be from from the very first game. It's going to be tough. I mean, really difficult. Uh, you know, we obviously haven't been, you know, we haven't played in, uh, you know, a little over a week. Uh, and, you know, we're anxious to get back on the court whenever that is. But you make a good point about, you know, the number. Our numbers are as good. You know, look at some of these teams that are ahead of us. The numbers aren't even close. You look at Michigan State and our numbers, not even close, not even in the same same realm, uh, the numbers. Uh, and they – Everybody has them solidly in. Drake, the numbers, you know, they were a popular name because they did win 18 in a row. But 
you know, they put so much emphasis on trying to get a great non-conference schedule. They tell us this every year. you got to play a tough conference. you got to. you got to. Well, we tried to. Then we did. We added NC State and beat them. We brought in LSU. We went to Minnesota. Well, there's teams out there like Drake that played no one, zero. Didn't play anybody. Uh, and they have them in. So it's very confusing at this point. What, and it's going to be interesting to see. I hope we do get in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how do they reward people. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you have uh, a lot there to factor in there for sure. And I know that on that topic, you did try to schedule somebody, but that was a little tricky, wasn't it, over the last week to get that done? Yeah, well, it ended up uh, – it's against NCAA rules. Nobody knew about it. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't even know about it. We were looking, and not anybody knew about it until we got a phone call and said, wait, you can't do that. If you're going to do it, you would have to get a waiver, and they're not going to approve the waiver. Um, And uh, no one knew about it, but we were trying uh, until until we found out that rule. Um, But, you know, I go back again – we tried to put together a non-conference schedule. Uh, we had one that would probably have been top five in the country. And then when they shortened the season, uh, then that got all changed. And then we really scrambled to put together a, a, a really tough non-conference schedule that we did go seven and one in. Uh, and you were only allowed to play nine. We had a, we had nine games scheduled. And Evansville got canceled the, the morning of the game. Um, but we, we really tried to. And, again, those numbers reflect that. You, you start, you know, anybody can look at the numbers of all these teams from Louisville to Michigan State to the Drakes to all these teams that they have above us. And then these are the pro- prognosticators. We'll see if they're right. Usually they are. But they all have all these teams ahead of us, and all of our numbers are even so much better at this point. But, you know, we, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they discussed in that committee meeting. It's going to be really interesting. It is. Well, there, sometimes there are surprises, so you just you never know. Yep. You yep. never know. You never know. We'll find out at 5 o'clock. How about Rick Pitino back in the NCAA tournament with uh, Iona? What an, what an amazing story. To You know, they were out for an extended amount of time. I talked to him on a couple of different occasions, and um, – I know, gosh, I don't know at one point they were worried if they were even going to be able to end the season. And uh, just uh, an amazing feat to, to go and, and win his conference tournament in the first year that he's on the job. Absolutely. You have a practice coming up, but I understand that you had a little kickball game going on yesterday. What, what was that all about? Oh, well, we practiced for about <clears throat> and maybe an hour. Um, we've just tried. I tell you, it's been challenging just to keep these guys <laughs> – Mine's right because, you know, they've been feeling a little bit of anxiety of what is next and other than we just keep telling them we will play a game. But it's kind of hard to keep their keep their motivation a little bit when you have so much time off and no one to prepare for. So we just tried to mix it up a little bit at the end of practice and played a, a little bit of kickball game. It was amazing to, amazing to see how many had no clue how to play kickball. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, was, it was funny. 
had no idea how to play kickball. Oh, uh, that's funny. I was I was pretty decent at it as a kid. I liked to. Uh, you got you had to pitch it bouncy. You get those bouncy ones. You're that you gotta, hey, I'm, I'm all I was I was the uh, kicker that if I didn't get the right roll, I was throwing it right back at you <laughs> until I got that perfect roll. Uh, and I right. liked the little bounce as well. I got a little bounce. Yeah, you get a little bounce and time it, uh, Coach. Uh, all the best to you. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you, and maybe we'll try to track you down tonight if you uh, get into the NCAA tournament or otherwise. It's uh, it's a interesting day anyway. Yes, thanks a lot, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Travis Ford with us on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday morning. We'll be back right after this. All right, sports on a Sunday morning continues. Just a couple of minutes left here before we hit CBS News. Then we're going to come back with the Garage Happy Hour with Daniel Ponce de Leon, the Cardinals pitcher, and we will hear that fascinating, uh, amazing story of his comeback. He had a life-threatening injury hit by a line drive on May 9, 2017. Comes back from it, and he is fighting for a spot in the starting rotation. Daniel Ponce de Leon, just after the 11 o'clock news and our spring training report. John Mosellock uh, and I just talked a little while ago. We are not going to be able to have him today. Something has uh, come up on his schedule, so he won't be able to join us at his regular time of 11.30. 11.45, Guy Bensing, a veteran and a ultra blues fan who writes, talks about him on his Blue Note fan report. That is on uh, at 11.45 he's going to be with us. Oh, by the way, he lives in Hawaii. So it'll be 6.45 his time and 5.45 in his mind because of daylight savings time. So we'll get him a cup of coffee and get him out of bed. But he's very uh, entertaining and very, very excited about coming on sports on a Sunday morning, which I like a lot. So that's coming up. We'll also hear from Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager, next hour, and his thoughts going into today's game against the New York Mets. James O'Sullivan is our producer. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning. Big thanks to Travis Ford and Jerry Palm and Mike Claiborne last hour. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.